0: Hi, how's it going? You're listening to Estranged, and we're back. It's been maybe a couple months, right? When was the, when was the last time? Like October? I think. No. Was September. it October?
1: September. September? Yeah, I was just. I'm. Re- was just looking. Actually, I think it is September that we were last recording. Yeah. It's been a busy time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm really excited to be recording again. Yeah, I'm really, the knees. Yeah,
0: I'm <laughs> excited to be back. I'm excited to talk about you know m- movies and the way that the way that we've been doing things. But uh, yeah, you were busy. You were you were in Belfast. I was like soul searching in uh, in Utah. Amazing. <laughs> everybody, I went to Utah to to national uh, to the nat- to Zion National Park, and everybody was just like, "That's so random. Why are you going?" But then I would like send pictures to my friends, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's why." That's why you're there. Yeah.
1: There's like um, national parks in America are really quite. Um, I don't know if this sounds kind of cheesy, but like awe-inspiring. Yeah. You know, sort of like the, this um, insanity of nature
0: mm-hmm.
1: type thing. I feel like European. Sure, uh, this is such generalisation, obviously wrong, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, you know, like European <laughs> landscapes tend to be more uh, postcardy and like uh, mm-hmm. prim. Yeah. I don't know. There's something really, like, rugged and enormous about, you know, things like the Grand Canyon and, like, Yellowstone and, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, like, do you think that you should have, like, wonder and awe, like, you know, like, after you're, after 30 years old, maybe? <laughs> like, or is it something that you're supposed to kind of, like, leave behind as, as, as you get older?
1: Oh, right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I literally never thought about it. Um... <laughs> I don't know whether you can always. Like, I don't know if it's like inevitable
0: mm-hmm. to
1: feel a kind of like
0: a cynicism.
1: I don't know. I don't know whether yeah, in our increasingly commodified lives, you don't see it so much.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I was wondering about yes. that when I was older. I was just like, have I lost like a sense of wonder about life uh-huh. because things yeah. become a little bit more, uh, I guess, automated? The way that I think about life, it's like. You know, uh, I I'm I'm more interested in in like how things work rather than mm. like just like the appearance of it. But I think that if you like place a lot of attention on appearances and like the magic of things, um, but I feel like it's difficult to do as you're older. Like, would well, you have you to have like a cultivated skeptical. stupidity? Sorry, <laughs>
1: we, like you have to cultivate a sort of st- actually no stupidity is not the right word, but like cultivate a sort of like because there's a, isn't there like a Zizek thing where he talks about um, yeah you know if you if you are a thinking person you're just doomed to be unhappy yeah and like you have to be a bit dumb to not be unhappy I don't know I, I, yeah it's an interesting one because like um, a friend of mine said something about uh, a, a psychoanalytic perspective being like a smug perspective because it like sort of answers a lot of questions mm-hmm. that in a more if you don't take the kind of um this kind of approach, like it's more mysterious, yeah. But then it's like, it's well, it's like esoteric, yeah. But then it's like, well, yeah. D- so basically, does truth um, make things plainer? Yeah, and you're you're right. Like also, I mean, well, yeah, is that bad? I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I just like I don't like the idea that everything can be explained in like bite-sized sort of uh, like almost like posts or just like sentences Mm. that are like really easy to digest. It's like, that doesn't really make sense to me. Like life is complicated and sometimes the language to be able to explore life should be complicated, like out of necessity. And yeah, I don't necessarily think that things are like, should always be easily understandable. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the
1: thing is like, so, like one of the ultimate... Truth is basically that everything is like antagonistic or full of contradiction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then it's like, it is kind of painful to admit that everything's a contradiction. So, because there's this sort of, you know, that like new agey or that's like, oh, the mystery of the universe or like, or a more religious thing, that there's something beyond your understanding. But there is. Yeah. If you see in like a kind of a Hegelian sense, but it's like, but also to, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I guess there's, like, a contradiction in it because, yeah, the more you kind of understand, the less magical it is. But then, ultimately, like, the end of understanding is that, like, everything's replete with contradiction, so you can't understand it.
0: Yeah, but I wonder if if it's just, like, is it necessary to have, like, a sense of awe about life, Mm -hmm. like, when you're older? I think maybe as, as a person, I mean, you too, like, as a person that... Gravitates towards like creativity and I want to be a creative mm-hmm. person. Um, I wonder if it's like a necessary sort of aspect. But then I think about somebody like Kubrick that he was like a mm-hmm. complete pessimist and just like very, very uh, nihilistic. And he was like mm-hmm. very, I mean, an incredible genius. So I wonder mm-hmm. like if, if there's something else that you need to cultivate.
1: Yeah, it's funny because yeah, maybe it's not like a naivety or a stupidity and maybe... Because maybe yeah maybe if you like go through nihilism you be, you come to another position mm. or that you can yeah no it's interesting because like the whole thing about um some some people you you did the Lynch masterclass right recently I'm doing it yeah you were doing it. Mm-hmm. and I don't know what he's like but he doesn't he have a thing about like waiting for like a fish to arrive yeah yeah and you so I don't like know DM whether stuff, his position's yeah. more like oh, yeah yeah that whole thing but like maybe <laughs> I don't know. I would be more of like a sort of
0: (laughs) pessimist. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But like, yeah, so you have, basically you have people who like, who do creative work who are like either, they have like a real, well, there's not a binary at all, but just for the sake of like, Mm
0: -hmm. the
1: analogy, like really uh, in command of what they're doing and like really uh, process orientated in order to create something. And then some people who are kind of like, let it happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, do you think that like yeah. have you ever met people that are just like, you know, they're very positive or at least they try to be positive and try to appear positive and they they have this sort of like uh, gatekeeping at atti- like attitude or practice about their life where basically they're like, you know, oh, I have to leave or I don't want to talk to this person because I can't have mm-hmm. any negative energy around me? Mm-hmm. Like have you ever met people like that? And it's
1: I have, yeah.
0: And it's I don't know, it's interesting to me because it's like what do you think that you're guarding about yourself? Uh, yeah, and I sometimes think that it's like that. Like people assume that there's like this childlike wonder thing that they need to protect in their lives. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like part of life and and being a creative person is just like you have to face life with dignity and mm-hmm. like and almost enjoy the 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 fact that it's like difficult and like take pride in the fact that you don't take the easy way out in like not wanting to face like things that are actually negative and maybe even finding mm-hmm. the value in some things that are negative because there is mm-hmm. value in cynicism and there is value in like not always being optimistic and like hoping for the best um, and doing it with a, in a way that just like it doesn't feel like you're running away from life, you know?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Because there the, there's the like the stoic type thing, which I don't know if I kind of agree with for mm-hmm. various reasons or like, you know, the the I I guess like the I don't know I don't think like the cultural um, the general cultural accepted uh, idea of what nihilism is. I don't think like the original intention of nihilism was what people in you know like the general um, cultural kind of understanding of the word is but yeah there's that kind of thing or like the Buddhist who just meditates all day and does something you know yeah versus I think I think it's just messy and I do think the messiness um is where the ore is to be found.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know. I was talking to my brother-in-law, and he was—he's been reading, or or he already read uh, Civilization and His Discontents. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I just, uh, I just like, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with Freud. And mm-hmm. talking to him, I was just like, so what's going on? Like, what, what is it that you don't agree with? And he was just like, well, it's just too dark. And I'm like, okay, but that's not really a reason. And he was like, well mm. oh, it's just like he has this view of religion and like of society that is just like too pessimistic and mm-hmm. but that you know like just because things are bleak doesn't mean that whatever the proposition is like is wrong you know yeah and I think that people yeah. should be more open to like accepting bleakness in their life and
1: Mm, absolutely. Well, this is the, this is an interesting thing that does relate to the film we're going to talk about today, I mm-hmm. think, and our ideology and liberal ideology. There's a funny story that I have to tell you about um, one of Pete's books that's going to be on, like Oprah Book Club. And then Is that right? uh, Oprah, yeah, like, they really liked it, but then Oprah finally decided it was too negative. The
0: Trojan horse? Oh, well, yeah.
1: Trojan horse, yeah. But it's like, I don't know, something like that's, like, great, because you save more souls through that, You can probably, through the mechanism of... Yeah. You
0: should release, like, a new jacket of the book and just being like, rejected from Oprah's book club, <laughs> like, like, if yeah. it's a selling point, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's funny, uh, yeah, the... Uh, but... um it is interesting, yeah, that like, but often people use feeling how they feel, whether they feel good, quote unquote, or bad yeah, in response to something as a value judgment of whether it's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't feel right, so.
0: Fuck feelings. I mean, just yeah, like, exactly. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it when people are just like feeling yeah. oriented, like feeling are like yeah. so, uh, what's the word, like, um. they deceive you yeah they're like misleading uh you know they they specifically point to like our inner antagonism because we feel a lot of times like the opposite of what we you know supposedly need you know
1: yeah so i know. um i was having a slightly this was actually probably like i don't know if it's depressing but like um i feel like it's a kind of true um statement but uh Like difficult things that uh, I've heard recently of uh, someone who's quite close to us uh, died this week. And Mm -hmm. we were talking about the fact that subjectivity is just a placeholder for the void. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a temporary when life, when your body that exists Mm -hmm. happens to be alive. Subjectivity is literally that which is in the place of the void
0: yeah it's like uh the flux of nothingness gets like momentarily clogged and Mm. that's what subjectivity is yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: i mean i think there's something nice about that when it comes to like death because Mm -hmm. it's not that you know like being alive is not like the main the main spectacle like the main spectacle is actually nothingness and there's like an interruption into into nothingness yeah.
1: It's funny, I was um, talking about reincarnation recently because obviously the idea of like reincarnation is like, oh, well, wh- well what is life? Is life subjectivity or mm-hmm. just materiality? And I was like, well, yeah, reincarnation is sort of true because when you die, there's a finite number of atoms in the universe. So your carbon atoms become rocks mm-hmm. or might be like, in the food that a dog eats and then shat out <laughs> and then you like, plant the seed. <laughs> you know, like, so, so those, those par- like, the part of your body that isn't subjectivity just mm-hmm. get reformed into other objects. But I think the intention behind this idea of reincarnation is that you, like, you have some like continuity of your own subjectivity, which is the only bit that doesn't renew. Yeah. Which is quite weird. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you looked at all into Triple like, <laughs> O, the object-oriented ontology? Like uh, No, I haven't, mm-hmm. no. Who's a, who's a guy, like uh, Graham, Nor- Graham Norton? Grouch. I think Graham
1: Norton Graham what?
0: Norton yeah I think that's the name he's of he's like
1: a, he's like a comedian
0: Graham Norton or maybe i'm i don't know i think he he has a i think he has a book on like speculative realism I might be getting a his, okay his name wrong. okay um
1: speculative realism is interesting but yeah no i i i could be wrong but i think Graham, Graham Norton is maybe it's the same name it's like not mm-hmm. an unusual name you know yeah no but he no, has that chat show <laughs>
0: No, I forgot. me it's it's probably a different name, but it's Graham's Graham something. Um,
1: I love the way Americans pronounce Graham.
0: Graham? How do you say it? Graham. Graham. Yeah.
1: Because it's like Graham crackers. It's like well, no, it's not Graham crackers. It's like a h a in the middle of it. Hello.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, should we should we talk about the movie uh, that we were gonna do today?
0: Yeah. Do, by the way, it's Graham. It's, it's it's Graham Harmon. <laughs> Great. Well,
1: Armin, yeah. <laughs> anyway, nice one. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Joker, mm-hmm. and we have been wanting to talk about it for a few weeks, but just because of other work, we haven't been able to record. And maybe this is the last possible relevant time to record about Joker yeah. before absolutely everything has been said about it and it returns to the void of insignificance, cultural yeah. insignificance. I don't know. So, what do you think?
0: I didn't like it but maybe I saw it the wrong way. I've seen it twice already. Uh, really? Yeah, I saw it twice, but the second time I just saw it kind of like um I I was expecting it to do the right thing and mm-hmm. to be like theoretically sound. Not because I respect yep. like the writer or whatever, but I just thought, well, Joker's kind of like an interesting story, so they might do something with it that seems like right in a way and it -hmm. it works theoretically and and you know the first time i saw it i was like no it it just doesn't go it just doesn't go far enough like it doesn't really understand itself and um like to me it's just like it kind of missed an opportunity to be more class conscious Mm -hmm. but you know i thought about this just like well maybe that's not really the point of the movie at all so just i watched it again as a sort of comedy Mm -hmm.
1: um
0: and I thought it was funny. Like I mean he's a he's a comedy director so I thought mm-hmm. I thought that it's funny and it messes up in ways that are funny even theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah just I, you know I didn't love it. I th- I felt I felt like there's like, you know, like 20 minutes of Joaquin Phoenix just like dancing in slow motion so <laughs> I got a little bit I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: I have to say I I really liked it, but mm-hmm. I know, it's funny, a lot of my friends didn't, and I really, like, respect the reasons why they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for instance, I thought it, when I was watching, it was quite uncomfortably long, but I felt like the kind of circularity and repeated beats were kind of, like, merited at the end when it, the explanation was given, you know, kind of retrospectively, I kind of think it worked. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the most interesting thing about it, well, there's a few kind of theoretical ideas that I think kind of are emergent in the film but the most interesting thing about it to me was like the response to it yeah and why um people were so angry about it or angry that people were angry about it or yeah. the amazing articles the amazing like feats of um bad faith mm-hmm. <laughs> by a certain uh major publication well you know there, there, I read something in New Yorker was like one of the most amazing things I've ever seen about explaining all these different moments of the film and how they were whitewashing events from the past um, and changing decades changing features of various crimes that were committed and saying that this was like a deliberate attempt by the director to whitewash so for instance there was this, what, there was this like tr- you know on a train like a murder on a train and it yep. was like Joker kills uh, the
0: Wall Street guys bankers Wa- yeah. Wall Street
1: guys and this is obviously New York in the 70s I mean as in it's not but like the vibe is like yeah. obviously aesthetically and then uh, this this article claimed that this was whitewashing some event that happened where some different ethnic group of working- class people were murdered on a train or committed a murder and it was like in a different decade but it was like yeah. just because it happened to be on a train I mean it, it just like just reasons to find why this was like a quote-unquote the lamest word of all time problematic
0: film <laughs> uh-huh
1: um well, it's a, but it's you, a fucking it's,
0: pastime it's just like yeah a, it's amazing it, it's it's i think it's something that people feel like they have to do like to detect mm-hmm. problematic sort of like uh, strides in in culture and I don't think it's there's nothing heroic about it. It's just a pastime for a lot of people, almost like a hobby. I, you know,
1: yeah, it's almost like uh, Pokemon Go or whatever. But the other, you know, <laughs> the, you can kind of like what 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 is what what is characteristic of ideology, um, when it's all about feelings over like mm-hmm. actual. You know so it's when you use like retrospective logic to justify feelings yeah. um, and when it absolutely makes no sense when you tr- think about it rationally mm-hmm. you know and also I've noticed like there's certain things like the creep of certain ideological um, perspectives into into like well my own subjectivity and it often relates like a, a marker that I kind of feel as like if I get sort of a warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. when I experience something I know that it's ideological you know like yeah. oh, warm fuzzy they've got like three female TV presenters that's great yuck that's yeah. ideology you know? yeah,
0: yeah yeah well I mean <laughs> i
1: papering over the actual antagonism which is surplus value and that's it
0: <laughs> yeah well I mean I just think that it's funny that like we were talking about this a little bit like off mic and I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that when it comes to identity um, there, there's like a split and that's the antagonism that of course is present in it that uh a lot of a lot of people want to completely identify with their identity and Mm -hmm. but there's a sort of like an like an exclusion of men that they are not supposed to like identify with their identity and i think like that's i think that's why there was so much outrage because it's like okay it's the we're sort of like in the epoch of identity but you know, angry, uh, uh, angry white young men are not supposed to have an identity, so they become yeah. sort of like the the excess of society or the. It's residue. funny, so
1: yeah, when you have like a a, a a like societal organization, you know, in like a Girardian sense, you have a scapegoat because like antagonism has to be papered over yeah. in the name of like the group, and yeah, as you say, like the excess that which doesn't fit. Um, It's like the whole,
0: you
1: know, Mm Yeah. no W. Yeah, and so there's a group that doesn't get to have any of these identity things.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, talking about identity, so obviously, like, there's the idea of the mask, um, the clown mask. I think it's interesting that, like, the mask is painted on his face. You know, so you had, I guess, uh, no... um, the Joker, Nolan's Joker, was painted on his face. Like, it's a direct thing. It's not like, like, he is he is Joker. He doesn't, like, put on a mask.
0: But he did have he, the, he paints
1: it on. He does paint it on, yeah.
0: Yeah, he had the the, the cut, like, across his yeah. face. But his face, it, yeah. But the colors were, yeah. like, added on, yeah. Added on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, so the idea of the mask, it's like, so I think G J talks about this a lot, and you've talked about it a lot, and I'm sure you, ha- you have, like, a clearer idea of it than I do. Um, the idea of like identity Mm -hmm. or the mask of identity that is basically the same as who you are (laughs) that you put on like a mask but beneath the mask it's just you as well you know
0: well actually he does this thing in the movie where he's like on the subway and on top of on top of him already being Mm -hmm. you know like uh, painted as a clown he's running away from the cops and on top of like the, the makeup of the clown, he puts a clown mask to mm. sort of blend into, into the crowd. So I thought that was interesting. But, um, so yeah, I think they directly address that. Um, but yeah, so do you want to yeah. talk
1: about that a little bit more about how that works in terms of, uh, you know, your outside face that you put on in order to kind of like gather yourself around this like presentable version of yourself of the world? Mm-hmm. In order to engage in it is or always already you anyway, you know see so the kind yeah. of the thing is like if you ask like who am I well it 's like it is what you like what you do, how you are is who you are yeah. you know
0: well, the way that I understand that is take for example, the psychoanalytic setting, right mm-hmm. and you have this like flow of language, and mm-hmm. there's moments where you say something that is a mistake,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and but you understand it as a mistake. But really, what happens is that there's like a, you know a slip, and what you actually meant is the mistake. Mm-hmm. So, I think that this this sort of like hiccup it happens in subjectivity as well, where whereas a, a lot of people would like to think that there is a real like underneath the mask. But no, like, actually what happens in real time and the mistakes that you make as a person that is wearing a mask, like, everything mm-hmm. is included in the mask and there is, like, nothing behind it because mm-hmm. really what happens a lot of the time is that beyond the mask you find, like, self-deception. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, you play yourself and you, you're you not identical to yourself. So there's no reason to look behind the mask because the mistakes that mean something and that point to something real uh, mm-hmm. already included in the front, you know, or, yeah. or in, the, in the image.
1: I sometimes think that like, when um, you say like, oh, he doesn't know the real me. Mm-hmm. Well, he does, the real you is always there on the surface, but it it's comes a in fake. a question yeah. of interpretation. Yeah. So if you feel like, oh, he doesn't know the real me, and if I just showed him the real me, it's not to do with you, it's mm-hmm. to do with how, what you realistically are, uh, is kind of exp- affects his subjectivity yeah so you you're always like the real you yeah but if you feel like someone that that's a question of like interpretation you know so yeah. let's say you know you have like a bad analyst who mm-hmm. interprets like your true freudian slip as like something completely different to what it is yeah and then so then feeds it back to you this is and you feel like it's not right well that's a question of interpretation
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you always are the real you don't need to try to be yourself. You're yeah. yeah.
0: No, yeah. and I think that I think that uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think that this sort of like division between like the real you mm-hmm. and then the you know the, the mask or the fake the fake you. I think this this division shouldn't exist, or at least people shouldn't think of it that way. Uh, I think that people should think about it a little bit more dialectical, dialectically, which is the deception is included in the image. And mm-hmm. I think that's why he, I think that's why in the movie, although I don't think it was, like, on purpose or it was thought of, mm-hmm. like, theoretically, but uh, the, the mask that he, that he uses to hide himself is almost identical to what he already is underneath the mask. So, yeah, and I, I, I don't know, I just think that that's another problem that we can talk about with, like, identity politics, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take deception into account. Like, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting, yeah, the question of the mask and like, re- like this kind of, like, um, what you were... Uh, the word that means um, the same word twice. What do you call it? The same uh, word? Tautology, it's like tautology. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a, well, why are you putting, like, another label on the thing that is the mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, strange. I, <laughs> no, I just think
0: that, like, if identity <laughs> is really the way that we, like, navigate the world, mm-hmm society it's uh it's a really shitty vehicle <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think that really it, it it shouldn't be a concern of rights you know like I should yeah. have the right to identify with uh, who you know who I think that I am because really it's like it's it's a self-deceptive sort of vehicle and
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: it's funny because you you're, you're right it's like well, you are already, you are that. Yeah. You know, as in like, so I'm becoming, I want to go from this type of person to this type of person. Well, it's like, well, then you are the becoming. Yeah. You know, that's you, yeah. And yeah, the the idea of like the kind of the real you or having these external accoutrements to like have yourself reflected back to yourself, yeah. I don't know. It is it's kind of confusing. It is kind of confusing. But um
0: Yeah. Well I just yeah, think that and, interesting. And I, I mean do you think that peop do you think that people do you think that everyone should be able to aden- identify with their identifier, so to speak?
1: Well, do you know it's funny because I guess this comes down to as well, like the control of the interpretation. Mm-hmm. So it's like So you are who you are, but you don't get to control how other people interpret you. You Mm. know, so for instance, I can think about like, I I travel a lot and have lived in different countries growing up. And who I am as an English person obviously means something different in different societies based on things that aren't beyond my control on like a cultural level and then on an individual level. Like in America, I sound like Mary Poppins and you might have an association with that. (laughs) Or in, you know, Ireland, I might represent... Some colonial history or whatever.
0: Is that the but Julie Andrews or, or the? The Julian oh, or, the, yeah, or uh, the or Emily Blunt.
1: <laughs> I know you love Emily Blunt. So did you did you see it? Did you see Mary Poppins? I did with see Emily it Blunt? actually.
0: Well, just as a like, quick side <laughs> note, I thought that I think that's like the only movie that's been sort of like mm-hmm. a blockbuster that is like class conscious. Because
1: really, yeah, is it a class conscious film?
0: The new one, yeah. Oh, you mean like the, the new one? The new one, well. yeah. Because it's like yeah. they basically put the plot. Plur- proletariat over
1: yeah.
0: time. So yeah. it's like the the proletariat Aww. can actually like go beyond like can. what it is like that that organizes capital or whatever. Because Maybe they We
1: should do an episode on it. I have to put myself through watching it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's but you know like the working class <laughs> like never has any type of appearance on movies. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting yeah. that actually out of all places fucking mary poppins <laughs>
1: mary poppins that's really yeah. interesting actually that is really interesting um but yeah no so i do think that the question of identity it's not about identity it's about a kind of like um a power not power play i don't like the question the word like power has like horrible associations but like a kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: A a kind of a um sorry a um like a, de- a, a desire to to have a complete, like a totalitarian control of mm-hmm. yourself in terms of the interpretation. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's not about yourself, it's a demand that the other doesn't exist. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, and I, you know what, it's... And
1: that's another reason why, okay, I do think identity politics are ruling class politics in terms of like capital, but also I do think that the only way to overcome capitalism is, um, is the universal, and identity politics is a demand that the other doesn't exist, it's like... Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that identity is so close to sexuality and gender, mm.
1: Mm. because... Yeah, it's really interesting, um, Because
0: yeah. really, and this is like Zupanchit's point that you know I, I keep on going back to, because it just makes so much sense, and it's that sexuality, mm-hmm is a narrative that people use to cover over a void and something that is Absolutely. not there. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's really interesting. And
0: and it's and it's not like it's not a void with a specific sort of uh, volume, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. endless and it it's a vacuum. It's completely mm-hmm. it can't be replaced with anything or it can't mm-hmm. be covered over with. So I think that identification with your label or whatever, when it comes to your gender or th- something like that, like it's fine. But really, I think that the way that Žižek has talked about it, which is like identifying with the surplus or identifying mm-hmm. with the with the plus as such of LGBT plus, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a little bit more. That's more radical because it's. I think it's dialectical. It's sort of like finding. Yeah. It's like finding the void in what is meant to be a cover up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So I actually wanted to talk about, sort of relates to this, um, the idea of Joker as the symptom, um, mm-hmm. because the symptom is like an emergent of that which doesn't fit in response to like two contra- co- conflicting, like, des- well desires or drives, yeah. and like the the symptom doesn't know it's a symptom, you know, like becomes meaningful because it's like a mascot of all of the issues. Like, so it's like concretized, all, like, all of the issues that don't work in the system are like concretized in the symptom. But the symptom doesn't know. It. So it's like, you know, alcoholism isn't a problem, it's a solution to the problem, as in it's a symptom of all the antagonisms concretized in the symptom. But like the alcoholism as, as such isn't conscious of being the like, and as like uh, Lacan says, the saint homme, which means the saint, Saintly man,
0: yeah. So
1: like the messenger,
0: the holy man, indicating
1: that yeah, exactly the the problems with the system. So I just mm-hmm. think it's interesting how like Joker becomes this mascot for this movement in the film, and he's just like okay, ha ha ha, ha. like he doesn't know. <laughs> I just think that's yeah. quite. I think that's quite good. Like he is just yeah, this going about his business. Well, I don't know. If his like I do yeah. that's the right term, but like he just is, mm-hmm. and it's nothing to do, you know, he has no t- intention of like being, like he doesn't know that he has this like political impact for these yeah. crowds on the streets. Yeah. But he is. I just thought that was quite interesting.
0: Actually, yeah, I, I I thought about that and I think it's, it's the most Hegelian sort of point about the movie and it's that the, the what starts a movement is not mm-hmm. the end of the movement itself. Yeah. But yeah. it's rather a mistake or a,
1: Yeah, it's a mistake, yeah.
0: Or a, a step in the wrong direction mm-hmm. or or a sort of a step that doesn't know itself and i think that yeah, yeah. he's completely oblivious to what he started and i like that Absolutely. i like that i like that well isn't that maybe one of the problems with uh the soviet union and it's mm-hmm. that it's it didn't start with a mistake <laughs> it's like oh, it, yeah, it was too it took itself like way too seriously and yeah, it was too yeah. intentional on what it wanted exactly. to do. exactly it's
1: like it's like the um the mistake of like Left wing Hegelian. Well, I mean, okay, this like all this political terminology is like always really messy because like the left to me doesn't mean the left, but like left wing Hegelianism. I don't know. Did you read Emancipation After Hegel? I'm mean, in the middle of reading it. Did you read Emancipation After Hegel? I'm mean, like in the middle of reading it right now. Yeah, towards new book. no, I haven't um, finished so, it, but I mean, yeah, so yeah, the idea is that like this, this, uh certain interpretation that was maybe like the Sovereign inter- inter- well I don't know if it's an, like an interpretation as such but like Hegelian movement as mm. in Hegel informed Marx uh, is this idea that you can overcome antagonism mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: By having these like intentional movements, but you just like yeah. can't. So yeah, like Soviet Union didn't have an antagonism baked into it. Well, when you have things like the Gulag and blah blah blah. So
0: yeah, I love the yeah. way that that Shizek talks about it because he's like, you know, people used to think that this like, you know, religion is the opiate of the people. Mm-hmm. But he says mm-hmm. like, yeah. actually, yeah. we're like kind of living in an era where it's just like people are the opiate of the people, you know and people. it's just like, yeah. you know, there's this sort of self-deception going back yeah. to that of just like people know what's best. And yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you really believe that it's going to eventually fail across the I just love this as
1: well. there's a whole thing of like uh, people know best, and the closer you get to like the purest purest mm-hmm. of what a person is before they've been like poisoned by like infected by the world yeah. is what's best i e children like, no. mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh yeah, no, the other thing I was going to say about um you know, something's a symptom, you can't take it at its, you know, you don't, you don't take it at its word, it needs to be interpreted. And I thought it was quite interesting, like at the end where you could read, like there was a kind of um, lack of clarity as to uh, who this crowd was at the end. You could say, are these like Antifa sort of thing? Are they like uh, right, like a right wing kind of thing? I just thought it was interesting that like liberal journalists Immediate. Well, this is also massive generalisation, but some of the critics that I saw interpreted it as like a fascistic film or a fascistic movement. But it's like, wouldn't it could be? It was like that guy that wrote the. um I don't know if you saw it. He had like this manifesto. As a shooter, mm-hmm. he uh, he shot like the like the Walmart shooting earlier this year. And if you read it, it was like it had some some elements of like left wing politics in it. It had some elements of fucking like Nazi you know mm-hmm. there's just, you know. I think that it just is again an indication that what's at play is a symptom it's not actually like it's it, it basically a symptom is something that emerges that like covers over the antagonism so it doesn't really make sense yeah so the sense the only sense is the antagonism itself
0: yeah you you know? <laughs> it's like and everything that you said right now made me, th- made me think of something don't you think that jordan peterson is ultimately sort of like an identity politics guy but for yeah of
1: course yeah yeah he's just right he's yeah no he's a right-wing identitarian yeah he's the same he's like the same side the other side of the coin of identity politics yeah but it's
0: just like you know like you have to identify with masculinity yeah like you have to be a man and yeah he's almost like lamenting the fact that like men have sort of lost their identity
1: yeah. I mean, the truth is the, the lament, maybe, rather than the prescription, you know. Like, it's funny, because I, I got into, like, a big, fight, a big fight. I don't know if it was a fight, but, like, a passionate discussion. Mm-hmm. The friend who was talking about um, Jordan Peterson, this is somebody, like, I, I respect a lot, but he, you know, had a more positive take on Peterson. But yeah. it's like, you could, I, from my perspective, you can only have a positive take in relation to, like, the dumb, liberal take on it. And as in, there's a truth to... The falsity of the liberal critique, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, he's critique for the wrong reasons, but it's still, you know, it's like the dogs are mammals, cats are mammals, or cats are dogs thing. It's like, yeah, just because the liberal perspective critique of Jordan Peterson is totally misguided doesn't mean he's also not completely wrong, yeah, you know. And there's a the, you know, the, the truth, if w- he's treated as a symptom, is of the mistake. Of identity politics but he is also within that ideological framework as well yeah yeah it's very sort of um you know it's funny i also had a passionate discussion with somebody about um who said that the perspective that i kind of am interested in uh, has been disproved and it's you know early 20th century and it's been disproved by different thinkers and freud as you know marx but it's like i find that the like the identity politics position is that like Deviation of 68, <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. kind of this like late 20th century position, which is like also the, the um, John Peterson position, it's like the ideology of the freaking 1980s.
0: Okay, yeah. so that's interesting because 68, uh, for the most part, was like a sexual revolution, and like you know, sexual inhibitions need to go away, and all of that. But I think that as people got closer to sexuality identity also became more necessary uh,
1: that's really interesting actually that is really interesting okay yeah elaborate I think very good. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah I just think that I just think that like the more that you get the more that you try to understand your own sexuality the more mm-hmm. that you're going to want to like carpet over it you know so yeah yeah. yeah,
1: that's interesting. I know, yeah, you're absolutely right that, that it does have identity politics has this like sexual tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously ones that are more, have more of a kind of, more certain elements of the identity politics like framework that have like more of a thing that you could like align with like a sort of certain yeah. kind of sexual tastes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But going back yeah, to no, it is a, yeah, sorry.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say, going back to what you said about um, so the type of movement that was started by the Joker uh, what did you mm-hmm. think it was? Because, yeah, you were asking, like, is it alt-right or is it left or whatever. I thought that... So what happened is that Wayne... Bruce Wayne's, like, father... I forgot what mm-hmm. his name is. But Wayne was, like, he went on TV saying... Addressing the whole murder of the of the mm-hmm. Wall Street guys. And he was, like, saying mm-hmm. that, like, you know, people that don't amount to anything, basically, are are clowns. And that's, mm-hmm. like, a very sort of class thing because it's typical mm-hmm. for, like the elite to be like I got mm-hmm. to where I am not because I'm I out of some corruption which is mm-hmm. you know true if you're a billionaire you're corrupt you know yeah. period yeah. but uh they give themselves the luxury of thinking like okay so it's because it, yeah. yeah it's because I worked hard enough or I was smarter than everybody else so did you,
1: did you see the Elizabeth Warren on Billionaires recently it's hilarious. What what happened it's like oh, someone was saying oh do you want to get rid of Billionaires and she's like well we're not gonna they've, like yeah. me, invented things and they've done <laughs> really well. It's like, <laughs> a billion dollars worth? Really? Yeah. How about gold star patch on the head worth? Great. Well done.
0: <laughs> oh my God. A billion dollar, a billion is just so much. I don't think The other thing forget. that's quite
1: funny, I find about, it's like they've already got the reward in the self-punishment of working so hard. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they enjoy. They don't enjoy the, you know, like the money isn't the thing that is enjoyable. It's like the... The sacrifice is the enjoyable part. Yeah, sacrifice is what they want, and they've the, done the sacrifice. Like, the, great. like the they'd be of happier if they didn't the have the billion dollars. <laughs> what
0: <Yeah. was> that? <laughs> no, like, are you talking about billionaires or the working class? Yeah,
1: but so billionaires. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah not yeah. the working class. They're billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, What was I going to say? But it's funny because like everybody sort of has the same amount of energy and sort of the same number of hours, and like there is a finite number of hours in the day and a finite amount of like energy that a person has. And obviously there's variations and shades, mm-hmm. shades of gray, but like the billionaire has just had their sacrifice, like, um, rewar- like uh, valued in some way and everybody else has sacrificed. But I don't know, there's this um, feminist magazine called Refinery29 and they have these like diaries that women write in, it's called a money diary and they say how much they spend and 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 what I will say, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just really interesting theoretical exercise is like, 90% of people spend exactly the same amount of money and yeah. like buy exactly the same thing. Everybody has Amazon Prime. Everybody has Netflix. Everybody gets this amount of takeout week. Everybody does. Fucking di- Disney like,
0: Plus now. Y-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just funny because it's like every, you know, n- yeah, it, the point being is that like the fucking billionaires have not made any more sacrifice than anybody else has. <laughs> <so> that.
0: <laughs> did you ever see, uh, I was gonna tell you, did you ever see Frozen? No. Well, yeah, what, yeah,
1: What's with you in Disney movies, Adrian? What is
0: it? Wait, wait, what? What's
1: with you in Disney movies?
0: No, I I hate Disney movies. I was about to.
1: Okay, I was gonna say like it sounded like you were
0: gonna say it was amazing. No, no, God, <laughs> I, I, I hardly see any Disney movies at all. Okay. Um, but I I was in I went to like a gas station and yeah. I, I was paying for something and there was this, there was this girl. She must have been like twenty. She looked like she was in her late twenties. Uh and she I, I, I gave her payment and then she was like, Oh, don't don't mind my little Olaf. And Olaf is like a character that comes out yeah, in like frozen the, like, I Man seen, thing. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. like I, I know the I've seen him when I'm like marketing yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. And yeah. She was like, Don't mind the the Olaf and uh I turn around, there's like this little toy that she has like next mm-hmm. to the counter, or on the mm-hmm. counter next to the mm-hmm. to the money thing. And uh I was just like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that shit. I mean, I know who it is, but I haven't seen it. And she's like, mm-hmm. you haven't seen Frozen? Oh, my God, it's so good. Why haven't you seen it? And I'm just like, because I'm 30 years old. <laughs> and I have a whole bunch of friends that are just like, oh, did you see uh, Lion King or, or mm-hmm. Aladdin? I really do think that, like, Disney wants to, like, harvest uh, man children or, like b- I think- like, men that are just, like men and women that are like mm-hmm. perpetually teenagers.
1: Perpetual, yeah. it? It's interesting, um, you know, like Freud on religion, like part of it is that like, obviously religion offers like infantilization and we live in this kind of like a religious world and like people kind of want to be infantilized a bit. So maybe like Disney mm-hmm. is taking the s- sucked into the gaping hole that is the lack of, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, what we say so basically you were talking about like uh, the Antifa versus alt right. Oh think yeah, the so, same thing.
0: Yeah, just to finish that point, I was gonna say that so what happens is that he refers to people that don't pick themselves up from the bootstraps mm-hmm. as clowns. So people mm-hmm. take that iron like, you know, the, ironically they take up that symbol and mm-hmm. isn't it basically kind of like an eat the rich movement? Um
1: well I think it, like... I I think it is, like, a, it's... Because I, I, from what I remember you saying at the beginning of the episode that you thought that it wasn't... The film wasn't that political.
0: It wasn't, this, So
1: this is what you're trying to kind of get to with this question,
0: or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe it was a little bit more political than I thought, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not... it I mean, it wasn't clear, and I don't think it was mm-hmm. the point of the movie. I think the point mm-hmm. of the movie was, like, what we were talking about. It's just, like, the mistake, or... Um, yeah someone that uh, that st- jump starts something that they're not aware of you know?
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i do think y- so i think um the setting is maybe political, but like the actual like emergent is something else um political in the sense of like the inequality, and I do think that the issue of our time is inequality, yeah, and I do think it kind of like it does paint that correctly. And I do think that both the alt right and Antifa are responses to inequality. But they have different they're structurally the same but different yeah ideological frameworks.
0: Yeah, it's like it. sort of like a hysteric yeah. response to Yeah. To to class issues. But
1: it's interesting like clown and hysteria. I think there's probably something yeah. that's in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I was gonna tell you, um, Don't, don't you think that, do you, okay, so Anna, Anna from Red Scare made this point. Mm -hmm. This is like, how the fuck is something going to become viral in the 70s? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just thought like, because a lot of people may, I think maybe assume that like the joke was, the Joker started that, that whole movement. But do you mm-hmm. think that maybe it's just parallel to it? Like, oh, it was yeah, going to what happen yeah, I you mean, yeah, it's anyway. like
1: contingent, yeah. Because yeah. it's
0: like, you know, it's not like he's going to become like a viral figure in the 70s mm-hmm. when there's like mm-hmm. no technology, no phones or whatever. So mm-hmm. viral things almost like, you know, they took a while to, to form. But they did
1: have things like, back in the day, I always think of things like the 90s where everybody watched the same TV show you yeah. know now there's like so much content that's different but yeah but he yeah, wasn't so everybody, he's, everybody sees him on the yeah because
0: yeah. he was on that show with like De Niro but mm-hmm. nobody connected him to the killing of the Wall Street guys
1: yeah 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 that's true
0: they didn't know so I think it's like I think it's interesting that it almost happens simultaneously like you have yeah. this movement that started and it's not because of the Joker but the Joker is sort of like an example of like why that movement even started
1: it's funny because I, I always think it's like this is the perpetual challenge I have with kind of my work. So I obviously have my perspectives on life, but then there's the technology of the story. Mm-hmm. And um, in the mo in, in like the latter part of the 20th century in the West, it became this kind of like union thing, or a similar structure to that was this like hero's journey, which is kind of like this very neat, um, non-antagonistic uh, perspective that you see it play in a lot of like tidy. Stories and films, but that actually there's an antagonism that I feel like you have to work into the technology, and that that basically means that it doesn't always like there's always like a Mm non-square. It's like a circle within a square; like it doesn't quite fit. Yeah, because you're using the technology. But I'm not saying that like Todd Phillips and etc. Whoever wrote it, yeah, um, is like intentional about it. But I'm just saying like it's always like it's just interesting that there's a there's always like a logical. Mm -hmm. Mistake.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. Do you I when I first watched it I was a little bit upset because I was like what is this movie saying? And I just Mm -hmm. thought, like, isn't it kind of saying in some way that like it's like correlating mentally ill people because it's pretty obvious like throughout the whole mm, movie and mm. that's why it's kind of sad and it's like, a, like mm. a tragic comedy. It's because he's mentally ill and like he, you know, he even yeah. assumes that he has like this relationship with this woman that's yeah, completely yeah, yeah. imaginary. Uh, I knew
1: because one of the critiques that I heard from a friend whose wife works with like, me, you know, like people who are severely dealing with severe kind of issues that it was quite, yeah. Seem to be a bit like wrong on that front, but yeah. Um,
0: but no, yeah, but even like even not being like accurate, it's like is this mm. movie saying basically that to protest the rich you have to be mentally ill, <laughs> or to start a movement like well, that? Well, did you did yeah. you listen
1: to the Why Theory uh, episode about disability? No, I didn't. It was it's a good one. It's interesting. It's talking oh, yeah? about like the truth within the universal truth within mm-hmm. disability as something that is, like, that which cannot be commodified or that does not, cannot be, you know... And it, you, you do see that, I mean, in, in terms of, like, obviously capitalism wants us to be productive, mm-hmm. and there are those who cannot be productive.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting episode. But, yeah, the idea of, like... Well, well isn't that getting a little health, bit...
0: Yeah. Isn't that getting a little bit into, like, Deleuze and, like, anti-Oedipus of uh, schizo and, like, they can't be, like... Uh, incorporated into capital?
1: I think, I I don't know if this was the the point they were trying to make in Mm -hmm. that podcast, that like, this is the truth and we have to, you know, because I don't think that there is, but I just think it like, you know, they were talking about why um, Ryan, who's one of the co-hosts, was talking about a period Mm -hmm. in his life when he had gone through an accident and his appearance was changed and he saw the way that people looked at him was not, this is kind of this both looking and looking away. And Mm -hmm. that what he felt he represented was a truth about what it is to be human. It wasn't that it was like, oh, this person is so yeah. unpleasant to look at. There was, like, obviously an antagonism there where it put, like, just was too real. Like the Trump thing, you know, with he's a president, this is too real. You know, you just want the, like, <laughs> yeah. nice face of Obama back and then the same stuff will happen. But you just mm-hmm. have this, you know. Um, but I don't think they were saying that, like, so therefore we need to, I just think it's just a, a an interesting insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That which cannot be commodified, but then obviously, like the mental health thing, it's like, well, just the structure. I think there's like obviously a huge array of what mental health is, but like the structure causes mental health or can cause mental health issues. Versus Mm -hmm. again, mental health being some special case that can't be commodified. Yeah, I didn't. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you? um, Well. Do you think that um, a movement like that... Because one of, the, mm-hmm. one of the critiques that some people, some political analysts had or political theorists had about Occupy Wall Street is that, mm-hmm. yeah, the sentiment was there that was like, okay, billionaires and banks and uh, all these mega corporations are the, are the issue. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when it came to the protests, there wasn't a mm-hmm. clear aim because they weren't yeah. like that organized.
1: So yeah, my yeah. question
0: would be like, do you think it's that a movement that is like born out of people that are like that, that are just or men- or mentally ill or just upset and emotional, can they organize in a way that can cause like significant change that is meaningful?
1: Well, I think because I obviously thinking about the Greta Thunberg thing and mm-hmm. then like Asperger's, pointing to the contradiction you know but um i think it's to do with what is ideologically expedient like (laughs) like obviously occupy wall street like who's gonna who's gonna jump on board that like everybody will jump on board green stuff it's a way to like perpetuate capital but -hmm. just find a nicer way to do it whereas like so everyone's gonna jump on board that but like actually things that are truly yeah but i mean it's an interesting it is an interesting question and like um but I think the answer lies in the fact that everybody has to mm-hmm. <laughs> go to psychoanalysis. No. Um, <laughs> as in, yeah. I said yeah. I think it's I think it's very difficult and so yeah, it's a question of does everybody libidinally disinvest from mm-hmm. accumulation? But then that's obviously like a an individual responsibil wealth. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I think um yeah, and it's obviously the system rather than the symptom and the symptom being billionaires etc
0: but
1: yeah yeah i guess i'm kind of pessimistic about it like
0: yeah Yeah, that's the whole thing about like that's why it's so difficult to start like a left movement because sometimes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: people want to sort of uh purify the -hmm. left to the point that it doesn't allow for enjoyment but
1: yeah political
0: movements need to have enjoyment so that people are interested in it that's why Mm -hmm. like I think that's why, you know, what is being called like now the the cult of Trump or whatever, <laughs> uh, they're probably having tons of fun right now. Like people mm-hmm, that are, like watch mm-hmm. Fox News, Fox mm-hmm. News, and like there's, I bet there's so much enjoyment from being like excluded and being thought of yeah, as yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I I saw this. Th- I saw this thing on CNN of like they interviewed a group of black people, mm-hmm. and there was like I think half of them were like sup- Trump supporters. And mm-hmm. I could just tell that they were enjoying themselves so much from like yeah. being like walking sort of contradictions. So yeah, I think that I, maybe there needs to be something on the left that you know allows for enjoyment because I think that yeah. people think that it's some kind of virtue. I know. Well, that's the thing. And that
1: it's like the thing is though, like that purity is a right wing deviation for the left. Like technically, the yeah. left is the contradiction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and anything that attempts to yeah. Yeah. it's like a rowing deviation but I mean the thing is obviously this is very um people well I kind of feel like, I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying it but obviously you have like the dirt bag left mm-hmm. it's interesting it's like it's definitely a lot of pleasure going on there you know oh yeah a lot of like yeah which so, is why I think that maybe
0: go. everybody should be a dirt bag left just just enjoy it. Mm. You, you'll enjoy yourself yeah. a little bit more
1: I <laughs> know no, exactly um yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is. It's an interesting one. But I th- the thing that I do think, obviously, that the affect in terms of the response from people, and you had the like the main, obviously, it's like mainstream media. Okay, that has connotations as a phrase. But like, let's see, establishment publication, critical mm-hmm. response. Um, you know, and the the amount of like sen- emotional investment, libidinal investment in outrage in relation to the film does speak to the fact that it does point it's like pushes its thumb into the wound of the contemporary condition and i do think that is mm-hmm. inequality and that people do see that so that's what i do think it gets it gets right is yeah. it isn't it's like i do not write the word but it is just um talking about issues that are you know related to today yeah i think like when people talk about like women's rights as an issue in a film like, no one really gives a shit that much because, like, I don't think it's the real issue in the West. Yeah. I mean, it obviously isn't.
0: hmm
1: It absolutely isn't. So, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, it, like, when it comes to, like, race issues, for example, mm-hmm. so a lot of, yeah. like, the, a lot of the emphasis from the leftist or from liberals is that, you know, nobody should be made fun of or nobody should yeah. be hurt, or nobody should be offended, depending on their race. And actually, I think that maybe, yeah, I think that wouldn't it make sense to start a movement where I I allow myself, or I give myself to somebody else to be able to, to be critiqued from the s- fact... S-
1: the roast me subreddit
0: Exa- yeah that like the roast me kind of thing it's like wouldn't that cause <laughs> yes. so much more enjoyment and it's just like i mean yeah. it's like it's the fucking yeah. south park thing of just like you know we yeah. make fun of everybody so yeah, yeah. i think that maybe that's that sort of like a movement that would be like based on lack rather than like pretending like yeah. if everybody's sort of like this like consecrated you know identity yeah, or whatever. yeah
1: um do you want to start a movement let's do it I know I'm always thinking about this because obviously like you work like my work is informed by the perspective I have obviously but it's like a different thing and I'm always like trying to square the circle as to like but obviously like peter has been doing this for a long time Mm -hmm. but then obviously it has minimal impact in the world other than the people who it's touched by because people don't want to hear it yeah because it's difficult and as you say, like it does, it's not like an easy solution. And capital, like the Oprah Book Club thing, is a prime example. It's like, well, whilst you might think this is like good and useful to people, and um, you know, true, it does it does not fit with capital. I think yeah. Patreon's an interesting one because I think Patreon is a way that um, people doing sort of work that capitalism, or the, yeah, doesn't doesn't condone mm-hmm. can do can do the work yeah and exist. But yeah. obviously not very many people get to do that.
0: Well it's yeah. like it, it's uh it's a sub market, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was like on the main market, I think it would be dwarfed by well, just commercialized sort of ideology or mm-hmm. or commercialized commodities.
1: Yeah. yeah, but capital just wants accumulation and this is a perspective that gets you to libidinally withdraw from accumulation and capitalism wants, mm-hmm. uh, it values the individual of the universal and this is a perspective that shows that what you share is what you don't share, i.e. either lack, so we're all the same in that we are lacking subjects yeah. and capitalism wants to pit people against each other and capitalism wants, yes, yeah, so it's everything that, like, capitalism wants you to be libidinally invested in, yeah. whatever, Um yeah, it's tricky. But the funny thing is, I do think that the world on the other side of libidinal investment in accumulation is actually potentially more could be a world that's more productive because mm-hmm. there's less self sabotage going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, but did you well, Did you think anything else about the about the film? Yeah.
1: Um, what do you think about it aesthetically? It's interesting. Like um, a friend of mine was saying about he didn't like the film. Um, and he was saying that one, things, one of the things that annoyed him was how it was kind of dripping in this like, aesthetic, like this look that was just so, it looked amazing, mm-hmm. and that everything looks amazing now. Like there's nothing, it's all this one-upmanship in every production of how amazing it looks, but actually the like, aesthetic yeah. is just like, you know.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I, have I, to mean, say I enjoyed that. I, I was gonna tell you about this. Uh, I, I, use, I feel like I used to be much more of a hater you know like hater like Mm -hmm. you you know you you don't like most things but I really and and at some point I decided like I'm I'm gonna be a little bit more open-minded and like listen Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. different things and like try to find the value of like music that I don't necessarily like or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah and I feel like I've been miserable ever since (laughs) like uh, oh
1: really well because you get pleasure in being a hater it's like amazing
0: well it's because okay so think about it (laughs) like what is the ultimate sort of drive of a hater and it's Mm -hmm. the drive is not to hate but it's mm-hmm. that you enjoy less things more, yeah. and because you, it it becomes like pretty clear what it is that that you love and
1: yeah like, you concretize your so yes, yeah, yeah so
0: yeah Joker the the aesthetics of Joker is just like yeah it's fine but it's not nearly as good as like some other stuff that I just absolutely mm-hmm. love
1: yeah uh, yeah yeah no I I have to say I didn't know, but it's interesting like in the field of like making film that there is this. General one-upmanship of this feeling that you needed like do something amazing aesthetic, but actually the aesthetic is like mm-hmm. much less important than other other things, really. Yeah. But it is quite fun to be like, I'm going to shoot it like this and have this amazing effect mm-hmm. and like this amazing colour and <laughs> 16 millimetre and like da da da. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It yeah. is interesting. It is interesting. It's funny. Like music videos is an interesting one because that's obviously like more aesthetically focused than narrative mm-hmm. and you do see but the thing is you end up seeing like the same stuff because everyone's like i got to do this but better and then it's like the stupid like thing that annoys me so much is <laughs> um like smoke machines but like color you know they're like color smoke yeah, yeah you see yeah. it everywhere like what are they like little cannons with like pink smoke
0: for like gender reveal yeah. shit or whatever
1: oh well people are using it for gender reveal but it's like a weird re- it's really like ubiquitous and like um
0: yeah, yeah, like for video
1: production, for like, like,
0: for Instagram pictures or whatever.
1: Yeah, I can't yeah. like stop doing it. It's, do you know what's something <laughs> that's really fun to look at? Is because um, this script I'm writing with a friend involves does like a lot of uh, religious jokes in it, um, mm-hmm. and there's like a kind of spoof of a Hillsong thing. Hillsong oh, Instagram yes. It's amazing to look at because it's like basically they do the most polished, perfect version of whatever is cool. At the moment, it's like mm. amazing. You just look, and they've got the like. You know, there was the phase of that like gothicky font after um, Only Lovers Left Alive. It became this like everything was in that gothic-y font, and then they do this thing of like overlays where you have like the middle of the screen is one, and there's like a background which is a different color, and like then there was this thing last year. I think Ariana Grande did it, where it's like text, 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 text,
0: text. Oh yeah, yeah. The but it is
1: amazing that you like looking like this is. Obviously nothing innovative is that which is the perfect, polished, high production value of what is.
0: It's like fashion, it's fashion, yeah. It
1: is fashion.
0: I was like, (laughs) I was thinking because that that, that stupid Kanye uh, album came out and Mm -hmm. like Jesus is is King or something. And, And I was just like, oh man, I can't wait until fucking evangelicals started implementing like hip hop into their worship. It'll, be, it'll well, be really funny. <laughs> I wish I
1: was there. Guess where Kanye West is today? Today? Joel Olsteen's church.
0: Yeah, he's really lost it. He was like on Family Feud too.
1: Joel Olsteen. I know nothing about Joel Olstein, but he's the only person. No, 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 Kanye. So Kanye. I know, but like, I just kind of love the fact that Kanye is just like, "Fuck you." I'm going on like the stupid evangelical thing. Like he just does everything like, you know, like against.
0: I think Sorry. he used to be more like that, but then he got yeah, married maybe. to to Kim, to came and he became a little bit more vanilla. Do you
1: know, it's funny. I don't know if you've ever seen any YouTube video. I've never actually watched a full episode of what is it called, um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but I've seen like clips. And there's always this thing where like Kanye's in the background and he looks like a little puppy on a leash. Yeah, he just like hides away from the cameras, and all the women mm-hmm. are like, and he's just like. In the background, like, oh my god!
0: I think he used to be more creative and and better when he was angry because now he's happy. Yeah, and I think he's a little That's bit. That's interesting. Yeah,
1: I did like I like the last album, the last that came out last year. Kind of like, kind of like there was one Life album, of Pablo or something. I don't know. I don't even know what it was called, but I listened to it a few times. It was alright. Mm-hmm. They like mentioned this brand my sister works for, and it was like, I think like, um, you know, there is always a point where. <laughs> It gets co-opted by like, uh, like hip hop, like any brand, and it's like they yeah. reached that point. <laughs> you know, uh, you get the like the Gucci. You know, there's like slide. What's it called? Slide. You know, there's like flip flops. You know, there's always mm-hmm. a point where it, like gets like streetwear. Oh yeah. And this was like a very unstreetwear thing, and then they like mention Louis and it's like okay, here we yeah.
0: go. I thought oh, I? <laughs> I think it's very interesting that so I think that they asked Kanye at some point if he was like. Be, he, they were like oh being that you're like a hip-hop artist and he was like mm-hmm. I'm not a hip-hop artist he was like I'm a rock star I'm
1: an odd I'm a rock, I'm star.
0: A rock star and I just thought that was interesting considering the way that he's done things because mm-hmm. I think that basically he's sort of like imitating or simulating the the career of like a traditional sort of like rock star like take for example mm-hmm. like Bob Dylan that okay. he that he started kind of like organic um, mm-hmm. and then he went into electric with like electric guitar mm-hmm. when, when that started with like uh, highway mm-hmm. 61 and then after that like he found jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. and he released like two or three like christian albums mm-hmm. so i feel yeah. like so i feel like kanye is just sort of like doing like a like simulating like the, the life yeah. of, uh, and he just found jesus you know
1: well, it's interesting because like obviously Kanye is too big to be owned by a label like he's too big for like You like imagine like him going to a meeting with executives and like we want you to wear this dro-. like no and I kind of <laughs> like he does he does the Patreon model like obviously it's not Patreon but he like self-releases and I do respect that a lot I have this real I think I've come to terms with the fact that I um I've always because obviously the industry i'm in is like it's very like industry and like you get the big other approval with various things and then there's like a whole system but like obviously i'm like <laughs> no yeah um it's interesting like how yeah how creative industries work because it's like who who becomes an artist to do that and then yeah. you're like oh well i should do that and then you kind of feel guilty for like not wanting that and then you're like fuck i just want to make my own stuff and like obviously it's more i don't know what's more difficult like doing it on your own or like buying into the system, but then if you buy into the system you can't I don't know if you, yeah, maybe you can make good stuff I don't know, it's just an interesting one it's like a dilemma I always think about Mm -hmm. but the thing is, like Joker I don't know, maybe you think it was more um, system friendly than potentially I would but it made, it's obviously made more than a billion now and like they did not spend that much on marketing if you compare it to like fucking Disney or Marvel film that goes over a billion, like they would have made so much money on that film
0: yeah, it's like, uh, isn't it like the highest, the highest-grossing R-rated film of all time, or something? Yeah. Like that? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, what's the word? I obviously I'm like an Occam's razor person, and I fucking hate conspiracy theories. But like, maybe they got you know a clever way mm-hmm. to make a shit ton of money would be to like pay mainstream critics to get angry about it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing yeah. about that's the thing about like trying to theorize movies, and it's that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're dealing with scraps because basically almost almost everything that gets made now is just, you know, it's for money, not, yeah. you know, it's it's to be commercial, so.
1: It's funny when you think about like, oh, I just think about like the 70s and like is what he was doing. Obviously there's people who like star in, Mar- there's actually like an article recently about like people who star in like loads of Marvel movies and they capitalize on that to make indie stuff, mm-hmm. um, but obviously, yeah, it just changes the location of who can make indie stuff, but yeah now there's this whole thing of like obviously you know talking about Kanye and his self-releasing and the SoundCloud YouTube phenomenon there's a way of like create you know a distribution mechanism but I just don't know I think because like film costs so much to do um, it's still viewership is orientated around uh, old school models and one wonders if it will change but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's, uh, it's a tricky one (laughs) yeah, <laughs> tricky one.
0: Yeah, that just—I mean, I thought the movie was just kind of ambiguous, and mm-hmm. but maybe I shouldn't have expected more. But yeah, I mean, I—I I agree with you with some of the parts that I—I I love the, that point you made about like how it's a mistake and it starts this movement that is like legitimate. Um, I like that. Yeah, I had
1: a, I had like a t- I, like I wrote this out yesterday on my computer. Let's see if it has. So, Joker is the contingent gristle of the reel that everything attaches to. There you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so should, um, we, should we end oh, it there? Yeah, sorry, oh, yeah. I
1: just literally saw my notes, and there was one other thing I wanted to ask you. So obviously we talked about this with the um, with the James Bond episode we did about yeah. the baddie, like the kind of the pleasure of being a baddie in like mm-hmm. the real. Um, but do you think this guy's happy? Like, it's funny that he has the, like the cry. You know, it's funny. So obviously the Joker... Is the baddie and the Joker is the one that's having all the fun? And yeah. The baddie is the one having all the fun. But like this one, I thought it was interesting that it was like, is he? He's like cry laughing, crying laughing. I just, its funny that it's like. So maybe the location of he who has all the fun in our like the technology that is storytelling now might change. Like the location might change. I don't know.
0: Well, it's like he plays it. He 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 plays it really close. It's almost like. If it was a sexual act, it would be like sort of autoerotic asphyxiation because yeah. <laughs> he's like suffering most of the mo- movie, but then he gets like this enormous amount of enjoyment at the end, and yeah, like he, he's happier uh, yeah. and like he's dancing in the streets because he's like enjoying the yeah. chaos. So, yeah, yeah, I think he does. I think he definitely yeah, like yeah, enjoys himself. Yeah, I think himself. he definitely. Diff- yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah, maybe that's a kind of like, is he crying? Is he cry laughing towards the end? It seems like he's like it just entered into pure.
0: Yeah, bliss. pure fun yeah,
1: yeah. pure bliss at the end yeah maybe oh, that's interesting so yeah not quite as different as maybe I thought it was
0: yeah just <laughs> the same
1: shit same shit different day <laughs> cool Okay. Alrighty. so well, it's fun to be back recording I really love doing having these conversations with you it's fun
0: yeah it's great I love it we'll keep it going
1: okay cool
0: alrighty so um, we'll see you next time
1: speak to you next time bye
0: yeah, bye bye